I'm not a killer. I'm just someone who wanted to make things right. Can't I just let myself forget what you've told me? Can't I just let myself forget what you've made me do? You you think I just want another puzzle to solve? Another John G to look for? You're John G. So you could be my John G. Will I lie to myself to be happy? <laughs> in your case, Gaby, yes I will. I have to believe in a world outside my own mind. I have to believe that my actions still have meaning even if I can't remember them. I have to believe that when my eyes are closed, the world's still there. Do I believe the world's still there? Is it still out there? Yeah. We all need podcasts to remind ourselves who we are. I'm no different. Amen. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Make my day. Best day, big boy, huh? That's bright. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Welcome to Facing Off, a podcast where we try to remember the two movies that we watched uh, so that we can compare, contrast, and rate them. I am, uh, I don't know my name. But I can tell you the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you that my podcast co-host is right-handed. And the guest sitting across from me weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for half a mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that? And how come, how could I not, how could I know that and not know my own name? <laughs> I butchered the end of that, but uh, what's up? I'm Gabe. I'm one of the hosts. Uh, this is my co-host, Nick. You got, you got so into it. <laughs> I know, and then I lost it. Uh, Nick, we got a special guest on this episode, a huge Jason Bourne fan who's probably just like seething with anger right now that I messed that up, uh, Andrew Berg. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Really excited to be on the podcast for the first time. It's taking, yeah. Uh, it's taking a while, but we're finally here. Yeah, well, Berg is, uh, we're going to refer to him as Berg, but uh, he's one name. of my uh, big movie buddies. We're always talking about different movies and stuff, uh, especially Christopher Nolan movies, now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, he's been excited to come on. Uh, you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Berg? Yeah, a little bit about myself. Gabe already alluded to it, but went to high school with Gabe. Mm -hmm. Me and him are two of the brave souls that traveled down to L.A. and... And now we're down locked here, here now. forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm living on the beach, being a beach bum with a former guest, Nick. The other yeah, Nick, Nick Doria yeah. from uh, what was that? Dawn, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, we did uh, mm. Batman versus Superman and uh, Captain, America Captain America Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was back. And then when he was our uh, live audience member for our MacGruber versus Austin Powers oh, yeah. episode. He's our yeah. first repeat offender, technically. Yeah, but uh, you now work for Arnold Schwarzenegger's company, right? And LeBron. Yeah, I, uh, I sling supplements for LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so, uh, he's just passing them out to the... He's like, hey, you guys want some protein? It's a noble conquest, and uh, you know, just trying to make sure that 
we're supporting them in any way we can. Yeah, potential uh, potential promotional uh, sponsors <laughs> yeah. of this podcast. I'm yeah, we're, trying to we're eventually going to get uh, an right. ad read in here. Yeah, a promo code. I'm working on it as we speak. Nice. I'm pumped for it. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, do you have uh, any like shout outs that you want to give out? Ooh, shout outs. Any special people in your life? I'll have to think about specific people, but for now, just shouting out social distancing. Oh, yeah. We're hey. Doing, uh, we're doing this podcast virtual. Yeah, we're doing this. This is the first episode that we're doing remotely. Nick is in the safety of his home due to uh, a little scary fever he had on Monday. Uh, yeah. I don't know what fine, I had. Right? Yeah. No, I'm fine. I haven't had a fever in 48 hours. Wow. I just... Uh, <laughs> No big deal. I'm not trying yeah. to flex or anything. Wow, you're pretty strong. Um, you're but healthy, strong uh, boy. but I have no idea what I had, and I don't want to give it to anybody else. So I'll see everybody in a week and a half. Until well, then, hey, thanks an... for protecting the universe, Nick. You're, you're a good welcome. person, you're, you're and you're everyone welcome, out man. there. Hey, I know it's, it's tough right now, but just do your part and don't hurt other people. It is literally the least you could do. It is. I don't have any shout outs. I think that's a great shout out that you gave the uh, the people. Of Venice Beach need to uh, adhere to social distancing. I know. There's I still, mean, uh, crowds on the boardwalk. Which I is know. Kind of like, why are the homeless people still out there? <laughs> oh. That's a horrible joke. <laughs> Shut Jeez, it out. Cut it, dude. Um. Anyways, we are doing two movies that we are going to spoil. So if you haven't seen Memento or Born Identity, I suggest that you do so. And if you haven't seen them and you're listening to this you're dumb and if you haven't seen them or it, it just in general you're dumb because they're great movies so what if you forgot to see them that's or true forgot oh, that you've seen them you saw that would be i want what both of the protagonists of those movies have but just for movies just so i could just rewatch or like breaking bad just for breaking Bad, <laughs> so i can rewatch it yeah i think if you don't know who jason Bourne is at this point you're just yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah, it's Jason Bourne. You're missing Bourne. out on a huge, <laughs> a huge part of society. Yeah, I mean, it's a very a heavily uh, memed name. All right, Nick, why true. don't you hit us with the synopsis of these two movies? Okay, our two movies today involve forgetfulness. Um, they are Memento and The Bourne Identity. Memento is the story of Lenny, a man with no short-term memory, who sets out to avenge the murder of his wife but can't seem to remember how close he's gotten. Luckily, he has a friends. He has he has a friends. Yeah, he has he a has, friends. He has a friends like Teddy and Natalie. Who just kidding? Those two are the worst friends for Lenny. And yeah. once Lenny learns that he's actually killed his wife's killer already, and Teddy has been using him to kill random drug dealers that Lenny thinks are his wife's killer, Lenny kills Teddy. But none of that's in order. Uh, that's pretty much the plot, right? Yeah. No, just not in order. Complaints here. Uh, the Born Identity is the story of Jason Bourne, a man with no identity, who learns his identity is the identity of a man with several identities, one of which is Jason Bourne. <laughs> He's a trained assassin, and he wakes up after being fished out of the sea with two bullets in his back, and with the help of uh, German love interest Marie, he follows his own trail back to Paris, and then the U.S., where he finds out he's been part of a top-secret assassin training program called Treadstone. He's been brainwashed not to remember his own identity. So once he figures it out, he submits a letter of recognition and then reunites recognition. Letter of, what is that called? Quitting? When you quit something? Resignation. Yeah, resignation. Resignation. I'm an yeah. idiot. It's okay. Did you say I have recognition? A, yeah, I did twice. Uh, yeah. So that's where I'm at. 
And uh, he reunites with Marie at the end in, in Mykonos. How do you pronounce that? Yeah, Mykonos. That's city in Greece. Mykonos? Yeah. Mykonos. Sure. Nick Alexanders, are you listening to this pod? <laughs> You're the only one who would know that. If you know Greek, how do yeah. you pronounce Mykonos? He lives pretty Mykonos? close by, but I would never know because I'm not allowed to leave this building ever again. It's kind of a fun word to say. Yeah. Um, good synopses. <laughs> uh, they're like they're not that similar movies. These are probably like we're stretching a lot with these, but they are both about protagonists who don't remember who they are. Yeah, they're they both kind about of yeah have a mission regardless. You know, forgetful yeah. badasses. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a unique face-off because, like, while they both do have like memory issues, they're both like trying to find themselves for different purposes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're, true. they're set in two totally different genres. Like one's a true psychological thriller and the other mm. one's like pretty much a straight action thriller, which is, you know, definitely a little unique in terms of facing it off. But I think that that'll lend to some good comparisons. Oh, yeah. And we had to have Berg on this because he's like the biggest Jason Bourne fan I know, probably. Yeah, these uh, I suggested these two movies in particular because I am a huge Jason Bourne fan. I love the original trilogy. Um, and then Memento is like... You don't like Bourne Legacy? <laughs> I actually do like Bourne Legacy. It's awesome. I love that movie. Jason Bourne, not so much. Yeah. I hated that they called it that. But I know. We'll get to that later. But Hey, Memento, but he finally knows his name, so they have to use his full name. Memento <laughs> is like one of the first movies that got me like really into like film watching back oh, in totally. college. I watched that the day before I watched Prestige, and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, who this is this is... Christopher Nolan guy? Because like... I like movies now because of them. I'm probably going to repeat this exact same point later. Uh, let's start breaking down these two movies. So uh, we use a typical rating scale for this podcast. It's one to seven, one being lowest, four being middlest, and seven being greatest or highest. Basically, seven is great in a category, four is average, and one is a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> we are going to do our five typical categories today, but yes. the ordering, Nick, will be spectacularity. Got it. Originality. Got it. Actoring. Yes. Eye candy. Okay. And legacy. So, Berg, no. I just fucked that up when I explained that to you. I apologize. But let's kick it off with spectacularity and let's do memento first. Nick, and you, you started off and explain what spectacularity is. Spectacularity is uh, the engagement level of the movie. Um, were you glued to the movie the whole time? Did you want to look away? Um, are there lulls in it? Or is it just action-packed or mystery-packed in the case of Memento? And in the case of Memento, it is mystery-packed. Um, it's a little bit less fun of a movie than The the Born Identity. So yeah. I didn't give it... I gave it one lower... Uh, score. I gave Memento a six. Oh, whoa. Um, Born Identity is going to get a seven? In Spectacularity, yes. Yeah, um, cool. All right. I think if you look away from Memento, there you, you're tempted to look away, but if you do look away, you're missing... You're always going to be missing something. The whole thing is full because it's such a... The way that the story is told is so disjointed, which I love. Um, if you look away like I did the first time I saw this, I... You, you miss something. Um, yeah. So there's always something to miss. So it has to have that really high um, score, but I don't think it's perfect because like there are times where I think you're kind of tempted to look away. 
Um, totally. And then the end, though, the last like 20, 25 minutes of it are like gold. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about you, Berg? I actually wrote that same exact note. It's funny because I literally have a line in my notes that says, if you like skip a beat or miss a scene, you could potentially ruin the movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think I appreciate that about both Memento and The Born Identity, that it's like they just kind of throw you right into the middle of it pretty early on. And you're just not so much in the case of Born Identity, but in the case of Memento, you're just playing catch up and trying to basically find out what's going on along with the character who's trying to figure out um, like who he is and what's going on. So I also gave Memento a six. Okay. I think the only, yeah, we'll have to see what I give for Born, but um, (laughs) sevens all the way through. We know. Yeah, I think it like it really does have the potential to be a seven, but I think there were there were just a few scenes, and I think they're more so in the second act where it just kind of feels like it lost a little bit of its momentum. I think, mm-hmm. especially some of the scenes with Natalie, um, when oh. you're still trying to figure out like her motives and what she's doing, and I just feel like they drag a tad. Whoa, not a big Carrie Ann Moss fan. Also, dude. just because I'm hesitant to hand out a seven off the bat, but yeah, I think a six is a good starting for Memento. Yeah, well, hey, I'm not going to surprise anyone. I also gave it a six uh, out of seven. Ooh, number the think, beast. The thing is, like, I think the reverse order of the movie, that that creativeness it keeps you engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting because you know how it will end, but you want to know, like, why, what the story is about and why it's going that way. And each thing, each scene is essentially a clue for the next scene. Yeah. Um, which is pretty brilliant. I also really like how it intersperses with those black and white scenes. Yeah. I think that keeps you because if it was just all going backwards, I think that would be problematic. You would just like at some point like your brain just wouldn't understand that. But they're keeping you like they're they're doing some scenes as like essentially like interludes that are explaining what's happening in the plot and he's basically explaining it over the phone. Um, I especially like the score in those scenes. It's really cool. It's like very subtle, um, and it keeps me in there. Oh, in um, the black and white scenes? Yeah. Yeah. It's like totally. I, I, yeah, I, I don't put even that know note to, down too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think out of all of Christopher Nolan's movies, it's not as intense and engaging, no. especially his movies afterwards. But I do, and it's almost hurt by starting at the end. You know, like maybe that kind of brings you out of it a little bit. Um, but you'd be crazy not to be like in, like more engaged than the average movie when you're watching something like Memento. And the, mm-hmm. you're right, Nick. Like for me, the last 20 minutes is just like you are you're glued to it because you're like, what is real and what isn't? And that's why Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan are so smart. But let's talk about uh, Born Identity. I'm going to call it Born Identity. I don't like that it's actually called The Born Identity. Uh, not a big fan of that article in front of it, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about <laughs> spectacularity with that. Berg, why don't you start? So surprisingly, I did not give the Born Identity a seven here. Whoa! I also matched it with Memento and gave it a six. Okay. Um, similar to Memento, though, I think this movie just kind of like starts out hot and pretty much stays on that same trajectory for most of the movie. Like I, I didn't realize it until I watched it again last night, but it's like. Within 10 minutes, you're already kind of getting a feel for who he is. Yeah. Like, they pick him up out of the water, and, like, five minutes later, he's 
he's like sleeping on a bench in Switzerland and like has that scene where you're like, oh, this guy's legit. Like, yeah, that, it, when you're watching it again, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I forgot how that just like comes out of nowhere. If you didn't see a trailer yeah. to the movie, you'd be like, what the fuck? This guy's a ninja. And like, I don't <laughs> he know, just whoops that dude. I don't know yeah. the book and how like the book starts the story, but like there oh, this is could have been like a version of this movie where they try to provide a little more backstory to it, kind of like the, what they did with the Born Legacy and Jeremy yeah. Renner's character. Right. And I almost like how they don't really tell you a lot about him and they just like kind of let you figure out who he is along the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, six is a really solid score. The one reason I didn't give it a seven is uh, there are a few scenes towards the end where they rely a little bit on exposition and he almost has to explain a little too much to Maria, which is like totally understandable. But like upon rewatch, I could kind of tell where uh, like the writer decided like, hey, I have to like have him kind of explain a few things. Right. Because um, she's not on the same level as him in terms of understanding what's going on. So, Right. I actually, I put a note in that that what keeps this movie engaging, uh, engaging, it's kind of like Sicario where you as the audience are learning at the same time as the protagonist. Yeah. Um, mm. But you're maybe a step ahead in this case because you at least know who, you know, the Treadstone people, like what's happening with them. So he doesn't really know what's happening there, but he has to figure it out. So you got, you kind of get that. But I think that's a good way of like keeping you interested in the movie. I mean, I originally gave it a five, but I think I'm going to give it a six because of a lot of the oh, things you said. I think the mystery amnesia aspect is super engaging. I think the score is, is honestly really cool, Incredible. except for I will say... The whatever is in the soundtrack when they're in the car chase is like one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Oh, you it's like oh, it's and then Ready Steady Go by Paul Oakenfeld. That's like and it's like break yourself. That's like a classic. Like I feel like that's got to be like a European like rave song. Oh, it definitely is. But I just like it dates this movie so much in that scene. I will say that this is one of those first movies that we saw where like the fighting is really realistic. Oh, it's and, so good. But it, I'm going to get into like why that it still is kind of hurt by the way that they portray fighting in the eye candy section. But I did want to say like the first the first moment where he beats the guys up out of nowhere in the park is cool. I mean, visually it's kind of dumb, but it's awesome that he just like beats the shit out of them and it looks like he actually like really knows hand-to-hand combat. Um, the ambush in the apartment is awesome. And if I'm talking about engagement level... I, re- I vividly remember being in the theater and like having a heart attack when the person like burst through the window. <laughs> yeah. That's like one of the OG jump scares to me. And it's not even a horror movie. Um, the only thing that kind of sucks about the, the fighting that when I'm rewatching it is that I don't know if you guys noticed, but it has a bunch of the like fighting noises in it. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's got some and accentuated punches. Yeah, and it's like, it's like super dumb, but uh, it's still awesome. And I think the character development is so cool. It's like a, it's a really well written story to keep you engaged in that way. Yeah, um, it's just so early two thousands that I'm not going to give it a, a seven because I'm kind of pulled out because of that. What about you? Oh. Nick? You gave it a seven. So I really like early two thousands movies. Maybe that's the difference. Um, I think that the combination of the character development and the 
like the number of just like sheer badass scenes in this movie like for what it is what was that sorry (laughs) (laughs) for what it is i think it's a seven i think Mm. that um like in its genre it it stands out for me and and like i wasn't looking away from it even though i watched it on sunday when in retrospect i was getting sick so i didn't feel very good The rest of this podcast is just going to be us opening camp. Yeah, the rest of the, while yeah. you're talking, it's just it's just being quiet and then. No, I agree with you. I actually, I I didn't even mention the last shootout scene is awesome. Like, it's that's so one good. Of the and then then there's scene. the restaurant analysis scene. He that rides butchered. that dude. He rides that Are you dude. About the one to in the stairwell. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just, he has the, like he's shooting with his pinky. Yeah, on one oh, you just like, took him all from not, me, dude. That's the not pink, possible. We'll the pinky that, shoot scene we'll get to is that incredible. One in eye candy, but like for its time, that was unreal. Oh, in hindsight, that was like crazy. some of the like CGI was a little. Eh, yeah, it still looked pretty realistic at in that its scene. time. It was like that was awesome. Dude, it yeah, was, dude, it was he brilliant. falls on top of that guy. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's does. an upper tier level takeout maneuver. Yeah, uh, you ready to move on to the next one? Sure. On. Before we move on, we have to talk about how good of a Moby song that is at the end. Oh yeah, that is a great song. <laughs> that, that I also song, love Moby. Like, transcends yeah. this movie and this trilogy. It's Do you remember so when good. Eminem said like Moby you could get stoned by Obi or something and then he's like nobody listens to techno. Well, like that aged poorly cuz everyone listens to techno now, but they don't listen to like Moby. Techno. Like no born movie is complete <laughs> if that song doesn't play at the very end after some ominous saying or something like yeah, that. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like they ride off into the yeah, sunset it's or like something. That, they show up in Mykonos. That and... song completes <laughs> every movie and yeah. like gets you excited to go into the theater the next time around. That is a good point to, that it keeps you engaged even afterwards. I I think that's huge for movies too. Like you have to send people out of the theaters on like a high note. I agree. And movies or like, on an insane. That's what we talked about in our uh, episode about the prestige. We were like, oh, like Christopher Nolan is so he, smart because he puts something at the very end that makes you want to watch everything yeah. from him after. It's so crucial. Yeah. Like yeah. make like you could have a semi average to bad movie, but if you send people out on the right note, it'll change their opinion of the entire thing. Yeah. Like. One quick example, Fast 7 with the Paul Walker send-off. Oh, yeah. I didn't really like that movie, but I liked the Wiz Khalifa song at the end. And okay. I left the theater going like, that was an awesome movie. Hey, Wiz Khalifa's pretty tight. Um, yes. <laughs> all right, so that was... Taylor uh, Gang. What was that? That was sixes from Berg and I, and then a seven from Nick. Uh, yeah, let's move on to our that. second category. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Uh, originality. <laughs> originality is where we talk about the creativity of the movie and whether it needed to be made um, and uh, sort of things like that. Does it stand out in its genre? So I'll get it started with uh, Born Identity. I gave it a five. I could probably be convinced to be, go higher. Um, I don't quite know how original it is. It is interesting that it was based off of a book, but I do think that we never really had the confused and mysterious like lead agent char- character. That was definitely a spin on like the James Bond and Mission Impossible stuff we had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is more creative than those other ones. Um, you know, especially with like John Wick movies now are like creative in terms of the fighting and the mysticism, but I think this is like 
this is kind of its own type of story that has lived on and like people have tried to, you know, replicate it. Um, I think it's a really well structured story, but I was thinking about it. The plot is like, om- it, this is very specific. So bear with me. The plot is almost like Pineapple Express where the bad guys in Pineapple Express think that Dale is some like, like crazy guy that's like out to destroy their entire like business and everything. They're like, who's this Dale Denton guy? And they're like really pissed about him. They think he's like some badass that kills everyone. And then in born identity, it's the same thing where it's like Treadstone thinks born is like on a revenge thing, but he's just literally walking around trying to figure out who the hell he is. <laughs> he's he's like, not doing he's like, they're like, what is he up to? Life. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, they're sending like, every operative they can to kill him but yeah i don't know i just like i made that connection but it doesn't take away from how like creative the movie is so i do think it's above average in terms of that i just like i don't know how much it stands out in the genre i don't know i could be convinced what about you berg yeah so i actually gave it a five as well Mm. which felt low for me but i think it just comes back to like spy movies have been done so many times Totally. That it's hard for me to like realistically say any spy movie is original now. Yeah. But I think in terms of the spy genre, this has to be at the top. Definitely. I mean, if you think about like what we typically associate with spy movies, like Bond, Mission Impossible, it's like this movie's about a guy who's got like no gadgets. Yeah. He doesn't have like a supermodel girl. He's a pretty average looking dude and like Hey, he's able to do stuff with like just basically his bare hands and everyday objects like pens and towels and magazines. Let me tell you about a little movie called Die Hard. Okay, but you're talking (laughs) about only spy movies, so I agree with that. So like the originality for like the spy genre is definitely there, and like if you just think about some of the scenes, like how many chase scenes do you see now that like involve a jagged like Mini Cooper? It's like. That doesn't happen. The Italian job. There are plenty <laughs> are of like, Mini Coopers. There are several Mini right? Coopers. There yeah, are literally 50 Mini Coopers. <laughs> but those aren't Mini no, Coopers no, where the tires are feeling splashy on the way That's over. true. That's true. That <laughs> is true. very true. Um, but so, yeah, I think spy genre, if we were just doing spy movies, it'd be a, probably closer to a seven. But if we're just doing overall originality, I'm giving it a five. Okay. That's fair. What about you, Nick? I also gave it a five. Whoa. Um, oh, my God. Nice. People are going to hate us. Because <laughs> we just agree. Um, they ain't us. So I was reading a little bit about the differences between the book and the movie. And they're like pretty big differences. So okay. I, I think the movie um, is like a very loose adaptation of the book. Um, That's cool. I like that. So it gets some originality points there. I think that it's like, it's really um, uh, like, like a lot of, I'm trying to think of what that trope is, like the the trained assassin who's is like a sleeper cell. Yeah. That's what he is. He's a sleeper agent, mm-hmm. and that they're, they're like, like lone agents or whatever out there, right? No, but he also like doesn't like. Yeah, you can like any moment, you can like yeah. turn him on. Yeah, yeah. this is oh, yeah, the you can. this is the oh you mm, all you got to do is <laughs> all you got to do is ride him down a stairwell to their oh, death. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, right. And this is like the pinnacle of the like sleeper cell, um, like genre subgenre of spy movies. Totally, like it's like totally a. a I'm surprised thing that it's not like imitated. a Tom Clancy novel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's better than Jack Ryan. I've been watching that show, and 
It's fine. Jack Ryan is like, I, some of all fears Jack Ryan was cool, but like, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I was going to throw it up in the Rex. I was thinking about throwing that one up in the Rex because I've been watching the last two episodes the last couple of days. And I'm like, it is a good recommendation. Nah. Some people might like it. It's pretty so I'll save it. I guess fine. I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't mention, but I do think like the twist at the end with Chris Cooper when he gets capped. Like that mm. is genuinely a good twist because it that leads, is a good twist. It m- turns it into a series because you know that Treadstone is like going to do whatever it takes to protect their secrets. And it goes right from that scene to the like director meet or board meeting where they introduce Blackbriar. Right. So yeah. it's like it's a perfect handoff. Yeah. And like upon rewatch, you could tell that they were like they gave you a lot of hints that. They were they going were to gonna kill do Chris that. Cooper, yeah. but when you watch it the first time, you're thinking the whole time that guy is just like the next guy to go after Jason Bourne. I've seen this movie like six times. I always forget because they that's like they happen. like sync up the call that he gets with the call that um, Julia Stiles' character gets. Yeah, when he tells her to like close down the the um, the Paris house. And right. So it's like they build it up actually really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're right. It lends right into the next movie, which. Is another reason why I love the originality of this because, like, it plays so well into the trilogy that, yeah, like, they definitely. all act as like one continuing story, which is definitely original for the spy genre. And it's and it's yeah, original like an anthology. and it's creative for like the the movie that starts it all off. And I think that they handled yeah. that really well. Um, all right, let's move on to Memento for originality. Um, I'll get it started. I gave Memento a a seven out of seven. I think it's one of the most creative movies ever. Um, the only other movie that does this that I know of is called Irreversible by Gaspar Noe. And it's like, it starts with a rape and it goes backwards. And so, uh, yeah, sure. If you want to go watch that, you could do that. It's pretty brutal to watch, but, uh, I just think it's really creative. Um, even though you know the end, they still like keep you um, interested in it. And I think that goes into how clever Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan are as writers. Um, yeah. And even when you rewatch and you still, you still don't know what really happened and what's fake. You don't really know if Lenny actually did kill his wife. Like if he is actually the Sammy Jenkins. You don't know if yeah. that's true or not. Mm-mm. Even though it's like all signs lead to it being true, but like I, I when I first watched it, or the first like few times I watched it, I remember being like, "Oh no, the, you know, it's obvious in the end that he killed his wife." Like that guy lays it out for you. And then I had a big argument with Marty about it because Marty, I guess uh, our buddy Marty from back home, ran into Christopher Nolan and asked him about Memento. Or at least he said he did. No um, chance. <laughs> yeah, Marty, you gotta you gotta clarify this. But he asked about it, and I was like, "Why would you ask that? Isn't that that's like the most clear of all of his?" And then I rewatched, and now I really actually don't positively know. Um, and so I think it's creative in that way. And I, um, it was nominated for best original screenplay, so that's it pretty was. damn original. And I actually didn't know it was nominated for two Oscars until today. So, yeah, neither did I. Yeah. Jonathan Nolan wrote it as a short story though first yeah like he right. pitched it and then he wrote a short Jonathan story Nolan is a brilliant man and i you know as much as your fiance julie is gonna say that the russo brothers may be able to compete with the nolan brothers they can't 
Anyways, that's a seven for me. What about uh, let's go with you, Nick? I uh, I gave it a six. Okay. Um, I Why? think it's really original, but um, like I don't know. I don't know that it's like a brilliant idea. I think that it's done like the disjointed storytelling thing is done a lot of times, and this just is one that like I gave the. I gave some of the points you're giving it here in another category. Oh, interesting. That's fine. Um, like for a different reason. Uh, why I think what like there's something about this movie that sticks in people's minds. Yeah. And like oh legacy. So yeah, and like sticks in a like like sticks in culture. And I don't know that that's because it's original. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know why I didn't give it a seven as opposed to you know. But but I gave it the points in another category, I think. Okay. What about you, Berg? I'll keep this one short and sweet. This was like the first one I penciled in before even rewatching it. It was a straight seven. Yeah. I Ooh. think for me, like I didn't even want to let my rewatch affect the score because the first time I saw this movie, I was like mind completely blown. Yeah. Um and like even upon rewatch, I was still like, wow, like think about having to write that script. And, like, what that would take for your mind to, like, overcome what you're writing. Well, see, because it could almost be, like, you write the script and then you just reverse the script. But that's what I was saying about, like, the black and white scenes kind of complicate that. Because there's something, there's a through line the whole time. And then you're going back and forth with memory, which has nothing to do with the the delinear aspect of the thing yeah this is like masterful non-linear storytelling because he's telling the story backwards but playing the scenes out obviously like chronologically so like the words aren't going in reverse like everything's happening Mm. forward but then at the same time that it's going backward then he's playing the forward linear black and white scenes right and they like all like come together in that one color scene in the very end which is awesome you know what's cool Mm -hmm. is that they also include like the end of each scene and so some scenes some like moments or quotes are repeated like you know like uh natalie right who the fuck is dodd or whatever like you hear that twice and i think that's smart because they're imprinting it in your brain and then you see the next scene and you're like oh that's why he's saying that yeah another another point for originality for me was like how many movies do we get where like we have a narrator that is completely unreliable. Oh, yeah. Like, you go through the entire movie, like, wanting to believe this guy, and then, like, at every turn, you're like, wait, how believable is he actually? Right, and then you get his last speech at the end, and you're like, oh, he yeah. just manipulated you're this like, whole he's thing. he's actually insane. But yeah. this whole time, I was kind of pulling for him, so mm-hmm. now I feel a little weird. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Um, all right, anyways, mm. well, we can move on to the next category. Uh, our next category will be, what are we doing, Actoring. Actoring. Actoring is a category where we just talk about like the performances and it's all encompassing. So how good was the acting? And then uh, did the directors and writers give the actors the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities? Uh, Let's stick with Memento since we're on it. Um, For me, this is like a little bit lower. I have it at a four. I could be kind of convinced to change that, but uh, I I think it's pretty average. I think Guy Pierce is a pretty good actor. Actually, he could be a fantastic actor. Like David Michaud movies, like the uh, Animal Kingdom and the Rover, he's really good in. He's great in L.A. Confidential and Count of Monte Cristo. But um, 
I don't think this is his like best performance. Um, I think he nails the specific thing, but something about him bothers me, and maybe it's supposed to be that way because he's not a very likable character. But it's like I also don't like his narrator voice that much, and I I know I normally don't care about that, but Hugh Jackman and Christopher uh, or Christian Bale had like perfect narrator voices in The Prestige, and now I'm like kind of focused on that. Um, but uh, I thought hmm. Carrie Ann Moss was like super good in this movie. Um, yeah, I agree. I think she's even better than she is at Trinity in The Matrix, even though she's great in that. Um, I love like when like when she comes in and is messing with him, and she's like, "Jesus Christ, Lenny! He's the one who did this to my face, or whatever." Like, and she's it's like I don't know. It's it's like a really like layered performance. It's not oh um, yeah all one thing. Also, I love Joey uh, Joe Pantoliano. Um, He's great. In in the rewatchables, the Ringers podcast, they have a Joey Pants Award for that guy because he's like one of those people that no one knows his name, but they're always like, "Oh, that guy." I only I only recognize him as Teddy. I recognize like him as Joe Teddy does, or um, Cipher in yeah. in the Matrix. One. Wow, it's interesting. They're both in that. Um, yeah, yeah. We just made a he, Lenny. Uh, yeah, that, I never thought about that through line. Um, I don't know. Everyone else is kind of good or serviceable. I think the guy in the motel from uh, Batman Begins is like pretty That's good. That's where he's from. Yeah. Like, I, oh, he's yeah. in a that lot of Christopher was... Nolan movies, yeah. I think. Um, I don't know. The guy who plays Sammy Jenkins is pretty great, and I always like that actor. Um, I love the scenes where he's getting tested, and he flips off Thomas Lennon, and he's like, test this, you fucking quack. Have you seen that guy in uh, Mississippi <laughs> Burning? No. No, yeah, I did. Well, I mean, I haven't seen Mississippi Burning since high school. Yeah, that's old one. Yeah. That was where I recognized him from. Yeah, what about you? Hmm. What did you give uh, Memento Actor? This one was tough for me because it was hard for me to strip out, like, what was acting and what was just, like, the script. Because I do think, like, this script is, you know, amazing. Yeah. Um, so it was really hard for me to say but if, like... But that's part of it. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five. Okay. And I think the only reason I didn't like lean towards a six or a seven was because I just truly feel like you could plop a few more actors into Guy Pierce's shoes and you could probably get a very similar kind of movie and very similar story. Not that I have anything against Guy Pierce. I actually wrote in my notes, I kind of got like a Tyler Durden vibe from him. Definitely. Which is a compliment. Yeah. Like a more subdued Tyler Durden. Like he, he plays uneasy and like unnerved so well throughout this entire That's movie a great point yeah um and so like i think he nailed it through and through but again like the script is just so strong that i'm hesitant to like put it all on one actor and you guys are right with carrie ann moss i think she's she's good in this as well i think a few of the scenes with her were a little drawn out but yeah. the way they introduce her with like a bruise and a cut lip already there is a very like it just it kind of like makes you attracted to the character because you feel for her a little bit before yeah. knowing like the full backstory. Right. And so like I remember rewatching it and being like, wow, that's a really neat way to introduce a character because you instantly like kind of feel for her. But then um, you and you, and you can and you see slowly, how like yeah. he has and they've already introduced like the uh, photo that says like she will help you. Yeah. Right. She's lost someone, so you see her bruised and you're like, oh, I totally get it now. Yeah. And yeah. then you realize that it was all it a was, lie. Yeah. This movie is the, like the master of Chekhov's like facial 
cuts. Yeah, facial yeah. cuts. Yeah. I, I think the first time you see Guy Pierce, he's got like two cuts on his face. It's like yeah. every, everyone's just slashed across the face. Well, that's the thing. They like, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about it with the, the cuts and stuff, but they do lay out all of these things for these characters. Yeah, and they there's a ton manipulate of manipulate you in that. There's way. like, there's like a million Chekhov's guns in this. There's yeah. all these like things where you're like, well, how did that, why is that there? And then you learn later. Yeah. What did I, you I give actoring, Nick? I gave it a six. So I think okay. that the reason why Whoa, you don't that's high. why you don't like Guy Pierce's voice in this is because he's I think what he's trying to do is like juxtapose the way that he talks with the way that he looks. Yeah. Because if you just looked at the way that he looks and maybe if he like spoke like he was Tyler Durden, you'd you'd be like, Well, this guy's nuts. Which yeah, you find out at point, the end he is about. nuts. So he has to have like the way that he talks has to be this like really calm, like like that kind of deep, almost monotone way that he speaks, because yeah. you have to, you have to at least a little bit for the sake of the story believe that he is, he actually is who he thinks he is, this guy who used to be like an insurance, whatever he was, before. Um, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, he definitely, once they tell you that he was this insurance investigator, like, that's when you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy is like a piece of shit and he's actually playing that role right, as opposed to like you see a guy with tattoos and like bleached blonde hair and you're like, oh, this guy just looks like a criminal. He looks yeah. like um, Ryan Gosling in The Place Beyond the Pines. He does. Yeah, um, he does. But like a more and, polished version. And dude, Carrie Ann Moss, the scene where she like goads him into hitting her and then walks outside and sits in her car and waits for him to forget so she can come back in and you find all of that out, all in that scene is, that scene blows my mind every time the way that she just like, she goes from like zero to 60 in terms of how and then good 60, she is in yeah. that performance. Right. To oh, yeah, yeah. like like in a in a blink like she you just go from like oh she's pretty good in this to like oh my god <laughs> she totally. is yeah. so good in this the first the the two times before that that you've been introduced to her was in the diner and then when she has him over to sleep in her bed right and so yeah. you still think she's like a friendly character up until that point yeah it's such yeah. a real, and then you get everything where she's a piece of shit afterwards yeah i'm moving it back i'm moving it up to a five I think that's a good you guys gave me good argument one other that. thing that i noticed that kind of like prevented me from scoring it a little bit higher was i just never really felt the connection between guy pierce and his wife and that's because they didn't really give you many scenes, if any, between You don't really those two. get the wife, like, talking that much. Yeah, but yeah. I just, yeah. I never saw those two, and I don't know if it's because, like, we really do just see so little of her, but I just never really saw, like, a connection between those two or right. felt something that would make me, like, understand a little bit more of his motivation. Totally. All right, well, uh, what about, you could start this off, what about actoring for Born Identity? I gave Born a five as well. Okay. Um, kind of feels to me like I'm I'm scoring Born low, but um, no, I, th I think all the performances in Born are actually it, yeah. really good. I think especially on like the CIA side, like I totally believe like the Chris Cooper and Brian Cox like background. 
I think the uh, cameo from Walton Goggins is nice too. I mean, that's so weird. It's like Walton Goggins, and then the other guy uh, is like Josh Harrison or whatever, and he's like a pretty okay. Big actor can I can I can I do a side since someone mentioned Walton Goggins and I wrote it in my notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does Walton Goggins age? No, he looks exactly the same. It's he's so like weird. he's like Paul Rudd, except for Paul Rudd always looks like a cuddly dad, and Walton Goggins always looks like he sells TVs he's, and vacuums. And I'm really wondering if that's his. A- that's pretty funny. Uh, I'm really looks wondering terrible. if that's his real hair color too, because it's like it looks like it's dyed all the time to be like. Is that his real black. face appearance? Yeah. <laughs> he always looks like that. It's, that's uh, a good point. Uh, I hate. I really don't like Walton Goggins. Just the way that he. Looks. Oh, I love him. It's a great actor, but, but uh, yeah, keep going. I think another thing to Not call you, out Nick. here about Matt Damon is like, I don't know what it is, but when I see like Jason Bourne in these three movies, I only see Jason Bourne, and I don't really see Matt Damon. Oh, that's good. it's something yeah. about like the way he cut his hair. Yeah, like if you think about old Matt Damon, you kind of think of like Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. um, where he's got kind of like the banks and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know what it is. He kind of trimmed down for this role and beefed up a little bit, but he just looks totally different from young Matt Damon to old Matt Damon now, who's a little more beefed up um, and a little like chubbier in the face. But like, he has like the same haircut as he has in The Departed. And like, I kind of have an issue because I think that he, his voice never changes that much. Like Ford versus Ferrari, his voice changed a bunch, yeah. mm-hmm. but his voice never changes that much and his face looks just the same. He also just, just doesn't age I don't know, he that He just, much. like, that is Jason Bourne. Like, yeah. That, you see that person, and it's like, that's Jason Bourne. Yeah, I think it's the personality and stuff that he puts into it. Yeah, um, yeah it's um, not like a visual, like, thing for his acting, but I totally agree. Like, I see Jason Bourne as well. One other call-out I had, and it, this is probably the main driver of the five and not, like, a six or seven, but there are a few times where I just feel like Maria's character – like she makes decisions that aren't necessarily rational no i don't i don't understand like (laughs) like i love the chemistry between those two and i think Mm -hmm. it's like amazing i think it's totally believable but like the fact that she's basically willing to give up her entire life over like a two-day span yeah it doesn't register to go on to like like honestly like a police chase with this guy is like it when you watch it it doesn't really like impede Anything the only going thing on is in the she needed money. About it in hindsight, and you're like, which would wouldn't she have just like taken that twenty thousand to Paris and been like, I'm good. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. think like like I get it that she kind of like had a romantic relationship with him, but like there's just a few times where it's like I feel like the script could have buttoned up some of those transitions a little bit better. Yeah, I agree, and that is kind of a character thing. I don't know. I gave it a five as well. I don't. I'm not blown away by any of the acting, but I think it's really nuanced. I think Matt Damon is great. Um, it's not my favorite of his. Um, you know, I there are movies that I like, Goodwill Hunting and Ford versus Ferrari and uh, The Departed, where I like absolutely love Matt Damon's performances. Um, B- Bill Simmons on The Ringer like always talks about how he like if there's a movie with Leo, he's like, oh, this movie could have been better with Matt Damon, and I just think that's the <laughs> stupidest opinion it's in the like world the, in uh, any uh, character. Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's doing that because he's uh, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's guy. Um, 
I, I do really <laughs> like his acting in the scene where he's saying that all the stuff like he he knows, but he doesn't know his name. I thought that was really good. His accents, though, like some of the languages he's speaking, his accents are like horrid. They are bad. And if he's like a special agent that knows all these languages, like not believable. I'll tell you, his French was trash. His German um, was decent, but he obviously doesn't look too German. No. Yeah, he, he doesn't look like... I don't know how he could okay. have passed off as any of those passport identities. Quick sidebar. <laughs> he only looks like an American. a horrible impression, but did anyone read his uh, like British passport as John Michael Kane? Yeah. I, every <laughs> yeah. time I see Kane, yeah, I'm like, Michael Kane. Um, I kind of wish that the female, like, I think that Franca, uh, Potente is like, or whatever the hell her name is. I think it's, she's good and she's definitely a good actress in like run Lola run. But like, I feel like they could have gotten a better person for that role. She is yeah. a cutie though. She Dude, a cutie. Don't hate on um, Potenta. that's, I, I don't know, man. I, Chris Cooper is also an amazing, sorry. Um, he's an amazing actor. But I don't think this is anywhere close to any of his great roles. Like, he's been nominated multiple times for Academy Awards because he's fantastic. And I thought this is, like, one of his, like, like most okay roles. He is really good when they confront each other and they're, like, yelling at each other in that apartment. But, like, I don't know. I've seen I've seen a lot of these people be way better. Like Brian Cox has been way better in movies and in Succession. Yeah. Even though he's good. He's amazing yeah. in Succession. But what about you, Nick? I, I put too um, much in this. I don't know. I gave it a five. I don't want to talk too much about it because Gabe's big fat mouth just kept flapping. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> Julia Stiles sucks though in this. Well, it, but she okay. becomes like a good. She's a bigger character in the later. This movies. is an A right. plus performance for her compared to the Jason Bourne one. Oh so. shit! Okay. Oh jeez. I haven't seen. I haven't oh, seen Jason God. Bourne yet. I haven't seen that one either. I mean, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Yikes. I like her character throughout this trilogy, but yes, it's it's hard to watch in Jason Bourne. I don't know what Yikes. like they were going for, but it's just it's all bad. Ugh. Yeah, uh, I did want to highlight here that Matt Damon learned uh, a type of martial arts called Kali, um, in which you use other people's energy against them and conserve your own energy. That sounds pretty Kali. Uh, yeah, it does sound pretty Kali, dude. Um, but uh, he must he have done rogue a good job. From X Men, <laughs> he must have not. That's not how that works. He must Kinda have done is. a good job because he makes all of those fight scenes look like he's just like breathing. Yeah, but that's he's just, good. It's good physical acting whooping. for sure. Something yeah. about his run too is like, I don't know what it is, but he's got like a very short, choppy run, and it almost just like fits his character of like he's always on the move and yeah. like everything's fast paced. Totally. That's and awesome. Yeah, I don't know if he was great observation that or if that's just his like his running style. Great but. observation. I can't believe the guy who played Juan Bosi is the guy who plays Killer Croc in yeah. uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> what an idiot! Those, that's definitely also. I would never do that for a big chunk of money. All of the Juan Bosi scenes just detract kidding. from the total actor score. It's yeah. Like, oh, really? You don't like him in it? I think his character's fine, but if you just kind of like watch it back, it's like. Why is he in The it? first scene is like he almost gets assassinated. Then he goes to the morgue and is like, that's not my guy. And then the next scene he gets assassinated. It's just like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like sorry. Like, cool character. Yeah, it's like you thought uh, this guy was going to play a more important role, but actually he's gone now. He's the least important. All right. All right, well, let's move on to eye candy. Uh, 
uh, eye candy is where we talk about all the visual elements of these uh, movies. And so that could be like cinematography, editing, CGI, whatever. Uh, Berg, why don't you start with Born Identity? Okay. I'm more comfortable starting with Born here because I want to see what you guys say from Memento. Oh, interesting. I gave Born a five here. Mm. Um, It's kind of like the same score I gave for actoring where it's just like everything is good but not great. I love the setting of it. Like it's very like winter and dreary and European. Like it's distinctly European. Right. I don't think anything captures like Europe, Europe for me more than those sirens that play all throughout this entire movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just like, I just don't think outside of like the action scenes um, that there's like a ton that would drive this score up for me. I think the car chase scene, the one that I referred to earlier is really good. Um, And I think a lot of the action scenes are really good, but I think the shaky cam actually improves as the trilogy goes on. Like, Mm. I think if you watch born supremacy and born ultimatum, like Paul Greengrass, the director really like, figured out what he was going for right whereas well, this one is a different director yeah this right? one's yeah. tony gilroy yeah and like i understood what they were going for with the shaky cam where it's like it's so fast paced that you like you feel like his hands are just moving faster than the speed of light oh i think it's doug lehman does this oh doug yeah tony gilroy is the one of the screenplay and um, he's an awesome screenwriter yeah he i think he does the entire trilogy oh cool cool hmm. but yeah it's like the shaky cam is fine in this movie but it's better in the next two so i had to dock it a little bit oh yeah i mean i gave it a four average i don't think that the eye candy aspects of it aged that well it just very much feels like it's early 2000s i don't like a lot of the camera tricks um i'm really happy that shaky cam is gone like a lot of One thing that I really like about movies like the Raid movies and the John Wick movies is that they just center on the action. The camera's not moving away or anything. You are seeing all of that. And that goes a lot more into stunt coordination, which is really cool. And it looks visually better. I also hate the zoom effects that they do. Um, Like when he first beats up the guys in the park, it like zooms around into his face and like with him realizing it. And I get that that was like on purpose, (laughs) but it looked dumb. Um, I think that the lighting of this movie is like aesthetically not that pleasing, but it is kind of like natural. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, that's a nitpicky thing. It's that like overcast. Yeah. I think it's just Doug Lehman's like lame ass directing style. Cause he also did like jumper, <laughs> which is one of the worst movies ever made. Um, I hate that movie. Um, but he did, he did edge of tomorrow though. And I love edge of tomorrow and swingers, uh, which is a classic. <laughs> Dude, the whole scene where they're <laughs> activating agents around the country yeah, is like, dude, that scene is just aged so poorly. It yeah, looks it's, so it's dumb. It's a little cringe. For and this sure. is like a $60 million budget. So that's a pr- fucking huge budget. But I'm pretty sure that's because of the filming locations. And they actually showed my favorite building in Paris, which is in La Défense. It's the Grand Arch. So that like square building that is kind of like hollowed out is oh, one yeah. of the coolest buildings. Yeah. Anyways, I, I gave it a four. What about you, Nick? I uh, I sided with Berg here and gave it a five. Let's okay. go. Um, I well, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> I really like. So my favorite thing about the Bourne movies, I only literally only gave it a five for this reason. Otherwise, it would have been a four. Okay. Um, 
I love the shaky cam fight scenes. Like the first time when he beats that dude up in the park and then it does that kind of goofy zoom to his face and he's like, whoa, I just balled really hard. Is yeah. I, mean, I it, love that. It was intended, so I I understand. I know. I just, I love that part of the, and like totally they nail it in the next two movies. Um, like there are better born fight scenes than there are in this born movie so but like i would give those like sixes and, and sevens because i just i love something about that like and then it's all done and you're like what just happened is really uh pleasing aesthetically to me oh, so i gave it a five eat that oh that's because you guys didn't do martial arts like me See, i'm with you here nick i think the way they use like the quick cuts here almost like enhances the character yeah. Whereas if you watch like the Taken movies where they also do a ton of shaky cam, you can obviously tell it's like we're just trying to hide Liam Neeson here. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> where it's like That's fair. Matt Damon, like you totally believe that like he is just on a different level in terms of martial arts and he's just moving at a faster pace than everyone. It's intentional. He and learned I, and I how agree. to like it needed to be in it for that. But I he just learned a I'm so happy that we're past shaky camp fighting. Yeah. He, he can absorb people's energy and use it against them. I definitely Dude, prefer like rogue. a long cut, but like <laughs> there's nothing about these specific scenes that like takes me out of the movie. Yeah. All right. What about uh, Memento, Nick? Okay, so I put four slash five, and then I wrote, "Gabe, convince me." And then you said the Fuck, you said so- I put four slash five. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay, so do we have to convince each other? I think because you said no. Why it could be a five? You said editing, and I was like, yeah, "Oh yeah, okay." It. I guess the editing in the movie does make it. You know, if I'm gonna give the born identity a five, because I like shaky cam. And, but you it's know. just like it's better editing than the average movie, and I think that's it actually is. something that is important now. Ever since the like Bohemian Rhapsody fiasco, when they gave that best right, editing, and like ever since I've s- started yeah. doing this and talking to you and talking to your roommate slash friend, I uh, I don't know, he's less of a friend I'm after like, he shit on the white yeah, he doesn't understand thing. how good Savoy Truffle is. That song's yeah. amazing. Um, <laughs> uh it's just like um it like the movie doesn't exist if you don't have the editing that that you have in the movie as, as it like it just isn't the same movie like the editing is a character the way that the the plot moves through the way that it's chopped together is just as important to the movie as literally anything else about it I because of what you were just saying, I like I started thinking and I was like, uh, I might move it down to a four because I don't think it's like vi- I can't say it's visually better than Born Identity, which is like an action movie and like a really cool natural looking action movie. But this is made on a nine million dollar budget. It's like fifty one le- million less. Yeah, it has but, like a very unique kind of gritty like look to it too. That is, I, don't know, I like it. I, it has that natural tone, yeah. But yeah. what I what I just thought in my head would convince me to bring it back up to a five has to do with the editing. And what it is, it's the memory cuts. That it quickly shows you what happened to his wife or back in the past. And they do it so quick and it's such a short thing that it's basically Christopher Nolan putting in your brain this idea. It's kind of like Inception. He's putting this idea in your brain and you have to... 
then then your brain is like, wait, did he do it or did he not do it? Yeah. And that is all visual and editing and like perfect um, <coughs> directing in terms of what scenes are going to be where. Um, so I'm at a five. I don't know. What about, what about you, Bert? I gave it a five as well. Oh, I'm shit. actually surprised that I gave this the same score as Born Identity. But I think the reasoning is just like, there's not a lot to knock this movie. Yeah. And at the like, yeah. I think I would reserve like sixes and sevens for movies like Birdman and other ones where like the cinematography is just on a different oh, yeah. level. Emmanuel but like, there's really crazy. nothing wrong with any of the cinematography in this movie. And the editing is like so integral to the story that it's like, I think five is a good like spot um, on my scale. I think one or two knocks I had, and this is probably just like because of the era, but there were a few scenes with um natalie or carrie ann moss's character where like her makeup and her face are like different from scene to scene so she's like oh i didn't even notice that yeah like the blood on her cheek and her lip is like distinctly a different shade of red in the diner than it is at her house oh shit and like i don't know why i caught on to it but it just looked very like production-esque yeah like if you go back and rewatch it you'll see what i'm talking about but it doesn't look like real blood Oh um, wow! So I'm being know. very, I'm being very. But is it? There. No, but, I think it's fair. But see, I noticed that too, and I think it's well, it's because she's like, like it's dried. Oh right? shit! Because it's like later in I time. Didn't think about any of this? But <laughs> but I know what you mean that it doesn't when it's like scabbed. It doesn't look like it. Just yeah, it just it doesn't looked, look as normal. It like, looked like yeah. someone had just put it on on like an indie set or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, but. I also think the scene where the black and white fades back into color is like just awesome. So yeah, yeah. Again, it's just like it's really hard to knock this movie, but at the same time, it's like just because of like the isolated setting and like there's not too many characters, it's hard to really like really beef it up to a six or something. I mean, it's kind of crazy though to do a nine million dollar budget with semi big actors in L.A. Uh, production wise but i don't know so that was uh fives actually from all of us um let's move on to wait nick you gave it a five right yeah yeah. okay uh let's move on to legacy our last category legacy is just about um whether this movie will be talked about has it been talked about since it came out um and where does it stand in the history of movies are there things that um you know people reacted to um we could stick with memento since we're on it um I think I gave it a six. I'm like so close to giving it a seven, but it's just, this is the ma- the one movie that anybody who's like, um, I like what's, what's like a mind fuck movie I could watch right now. I'm like almost always will say memento. This is one of those movies that if you're a friend of mine, uh, like a new friend of mine and you've never seen it, you have to watch it. Um, Every guy in call every guy in college watches this movie. That's just like a fact. Or it's in true. high school, if you're still Did getting into movies, to like be you said, on Netflix, or maybe it still is. I, I think, think it, that's probably why. it was on Netflix, and now it's on like Tubi, but it'll be back on it's Netflix. Such a good, but it was on Netflix such for a so perfect long. Netflix watch. Oh, definitely. It was made. It, it made only thirty nine million, but it made thirty million off of this. And like, obviously, I think this is what turned Christopher Nolan into this big director. That was that um, big studios were like, oh, okay, we could give you Batman whatever you want to do with it. And then now Christopher <laughs> Nolan's like one of the, 
he's like one of the smartest people with budgets. It's like him, um, David Fincher, and Denis Villeneuve. Well, especially if you want like a really, really big budget blockbuster movie that like makes you think and you don't have to turn your brain off. Like you go with Christopher Nolan and I think it's because of how clever this movie is and how it stayed in everyone's brain. And it was nominated for two Oscars. And so I don't know. I, I gave it a six. I don't, I, I'm pretty close to a seven. If you guys have a seven, what about you, Berg? It's funny. We're all very close on all of our scores here. I was so close to getting both of these. I don't want to tease my born identity score, but I was very close to giving both of these movies a seven. Okay. But I think I, I gave this one a six instead because I prefer Prestige and a few other Christopher Nolan movies a little bit totally. more. That's so it's, kind of where I was It's at. hard for me to give this a seven, but I mean, yeah, if you just look at like this movie stands the test of time, it made yeah. like almost four times its its budget, which is incredible for an indie movie back then. Yeah. Um, and like... As of 2015, there were reports that they're making a sequel because I think the rights have been bought by a new I remember that, house. and I was like, fuck, please but no. But I think I, – I actually went to look it up today because I wanted to see, like, what the status was. I haven't seen any new reports since 2015, so my guess is that the negative backlash to that kind of tempered yeah. the studio or the production house's Yeah, motives. but that kind of helps the legacy. It's like people care about this movie but yeah, so that, much. I think yeah. that yeah. helps the legacy to like, a studio is literally looking to remake this movie because they're like, this story is so good and it was only seen by X amount of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave it a seven. Okay. I gave Memento a seven and this is why. Memento okay. is like pop culture iconic. Yeah. Like it is... It's in that like upper level of movies where like how many times is it referenced in just random little comedies like like things like The Simpsons and like Family Guy and and like I wouldn't know because The Simpsons sucks. Rick and no, it doesn't. And Rick and Morty, you're watching the wrong seasons. That's there's, probably true. I don't there's like watch there's like seventy percent like of the seasons are the wrong seasons. Um, okay, but. Like, how many times is it referenced in those types of things? Like, any yeah. t- like, like tattoos, like the whole tattoo thing is like transcends it just being a movie. Even if you haven't seen Memento, you're like, oh yeah, it's like the tattoo memory guy. Yeah, fact like you- number two, he's a man. I'm definitely gonna get that <laughs> on like my face. He's a man, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I gave it a seven. Like, yeah, it's nominated two times. It's obviously a, a great movie, like, very well. Uh, received by critics and by by the audience. Um, there's not much in terms of material that be you know, like sequels, but it doesn't like you guys are saying it. It doesn't need those things. Yeah. Um, I think that its impression on like culture is what gives it a seven to me. Yeah, you just brought mine up to a seven. That's the second time you've done that today. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to be convincing as hell. Yeah, everyone thinks I'm so stubborn. Well, listen up, dude. Just explain it like Nick just did. Yeah, that's um, all you need to do. Yeah, it's a seven. I mean, this movie's fucking iconic. Like, this is like the movie I will always remember if I forget other movies. And like, I maybe, how I'm gonna remember more than Lenny will. I, I may be self isolated, dude, but I'm still my opinions are infectious. Sorry, go ahead. How identifiable are the names too? Like Leonard oh. Shelby and Sammy so, Jenkins. It's like, so yeah. easy. Oh, Sammy Jenkins especially, and, and Sammy like, Jenkins isn't even the main Teddy. character. Like that guy's. Yeah. His name is Teddy. So yeah. That's the Sorry. tattoo you should get, Gabe. You should get Remember yeah. Sammy Jankus on your hand. Yeah. I'll, or who the fuck is Dodd? <laughs> Dodd. <laughs> Natalie, right? 
Who the fuck is that? I'm running. Uh, I'm, ch- I'm chasing this guy. I'm chasing oh, this no guy. Way. Oh, wait. No, he's chasing oh, me. That, that is a great moment. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's finish it off with Born Legacy. Born Identity. Legacy. Born, born Identity Legacy. So Born Legacy. <laughs> uh, I give it a six. I think it is um, a really well-loved movie. Really well-loved franchise. All very successful. Um, it's actually one of those rare trilogies that like people genuinely loved all the way through. I think some people even think like Born Ultimatum is the best one, and that's kind of rare besides Lord of the Rings. Um, Truth. I, I don't know. It, it inspired, I mean, even beyond its trilogy, like it inspired Born Legacy. And now there's a show called Treadstone. I don't watch it, but like it's all based on this. So it's like, it's, like a pro it's one of those you know based off of a book but it's like one of those ips that are they're really um valuable and i think that that helps the legacy um i don't know it got like a 68 from metacritic which is not very good um interesting but it made it made over 214 million worldwide i'm pretty sure it's like super popular in china they love matt damon that's why he made the great wall <laughs> really yeah. That's okay. so That's weird. That's actually really yeah. funny. Yeah. I gave it a six as well. Um, it's got a million spinoffs. It gets the nod to a six from like a five. for um, Not spinoffs, sequels. Um, and I guess spinoffs later down the line. Um, but, you know, it's not like this like huge critically acclaimed movie, but obviously it, it's got its its legacy. It's born legacy, ultimatum. I think I was doing it like I didn't even think about like I I think I'm just doing it personally. I don't think it's like not my favorite action movie. It's not my favorite action series. It's not my favorite spy series. But Jesus Christ, it's it's Jason Bourne. But Jesus Christ, it is Jason Bourne. (laughs) Uh, What about you, Berg? Close it out, Berg. Seven. It took all of my willpower not to give this a seven. Oh no way! What? Oh twist! I gave it a six. Um, probably just because of the latest one. And I know that like Jason Bourne shouldn't play into my Bourne identity thoughts, but like the way they ended his story, just, it was a very sloppy way. Like, so make it like age poorly. Like, yeah, it makes it so that like you almost kind of have to think about that movie when you're watching the first one, which sucks because I think the first three movies that that original trilogy might be the best action trilogy of all time. Right. I don't know what other movies like feel like one cohesive story like that trilogy does. Um, Batman and like that character has like just made its way into pop culture. Like you guys just made fun of it, but like that quote, like my God, that's Jason Bourne. What is that? Which one is that from? That's from the second and no. So it's from the third one. Noah okay. Boson says it. Yeah. Um, when he's helping out the si- the reporter Simon in right. um, the train station or That's the right. I think it's a train station the Waterloo whatever the Waterloo is and then it's funny because they used it as a trailer scene for Jason Bourne Oh did they But then oh, didn't fine. use it in the movie so it's like they knew that like fans love that quote but then they just didn't put it in the movie Oh interesting I mostly know it because of this really funny vine where it's like Jesus Christ it's Jason Bourne and it's like this guy this like kind of like overweight kid in his backyard using a samurai sword and like cutting bottles and stuff it's really funny look it up clay does a really good impression of it oh clay loves quoting that but like i think too they were there i think initially they had plans to do 
a second trilogy no. that would have like brought Matt Damon into the Jeremy Renner Jeremy, role. that's right. And but that kind of died I off. I think Matt Damon basically squashed it and said like, if there's going to be a movie that has Bourne in the title, I, it's, gotta it's be only going to be me. Which sucks because I think there was potential for like more creative stories there. And they ended up just going with Jason Bourne, which was but like that also happened a in really like, sloppy rehash of the first three. Wait, didn't that happen in that also happened in Mission Impossible with with Jeremy, with Jeremy Renner. Renner? Yeah, dude, he so, like comes in, I think he does like a really poison. good job, and they're like, "Dude, get out of here, man!" Wow, maybe that's <laughs> it. I don't know, dude. Hey, Jeremy, fuck off. Yeah, dude. Seriously, hey, go make <laughs> some songs that Chris D'Elia will use in his podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So that's six is from all of us. Why don't we add it up right now? Um, since we closed it out, I I could give you mine really quick. Uh, and it was gonna be lower, and I was gonna be concerned about it. But I gave Memento a twenty nine out of thirty five. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. But okay, I think when you break it down, you know, I don't know. And then Born Identity, I gave a twenty six. Um, you know, which is still pretty high for me. Um, you know, Berg. Mine is a. Oh, sorry, my born is 28, and my uh, m- memento is 30. 30 out of 35? Woo! Yeah. Woo. My memento is 29, and my born is 27, which well, is like... we had different scores. Yeah, it's a wow, weird... Wow, your born was way lower than I expected. I know. I like... For me, born is like one of my favorite movies. I don't have like a formalized list, but it's definitely like top 15. Well, Pro- But I would consider all of it. Like, I consider the, f- the first three movies like one movie, essentially. Okay. So it's hard to like pull one out, but yeah, I think I enjoy Born Identity more than Memento. Wow! But I can hmm. like respect the like craftsmanship that's going on in Memento. Hey, well, I appreciate your impartiality, dude. You would be a really good Supreme Court justice. Um, do let's go into our accolades section. So that's that's uh, sorry, that's eighty-one to eighty-eight. Memento's wow. the winner. 88 yeah. out of 105 that that's pretty great but yeah that's close i mean these movies are both great and i love doing uh you know two good movies both are so so easy to rewatch. watch it's so easy to oh, rewatch, yeah. and both just like, like iconic movies that everyone knows and so yeah this i might watch born identity again because any, i want to watch the trilogy julie any hasn't of seen the this first one. three oh. born movies are on that like list that exists where if it's on tv you can't turn it off yeah oh definitely yeah. like Oh yeah, I'll turn on Born Supremacy or Born Ultimate, and I'm just like, yep, I'm gonna sit here and watch this entire thing. Yeah. All right. What do you guys have like an MVP of these two movies? Hmm. Yo, people who can remember things. MVP. Memories. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't remember who mine was. Uh, who's my MVP? I don't know. Walton uh, Goggins doesn't age. Found yeah. The, uh, yeah. He uh, he him. found the Holy Grail. What about you, Berg? You got MVP? This is a lazy answer, but I'm going to go with the like directors here yeah. for the fact that they didn't handhold the audience, which yeah. I, oh, love. I love. That. Like there there definitely exists two versions of both of these movies where like they use a lot of exposition yeah. and a bunch of other characters to like fill in the blanks, but like I appreciate that both of these directors were just like this is my story and like we're both going to solve it at the same time as the protagonist so like i have to give it to the guys behind the camera here for sure uh what about lvp dog also, also walton goggins he may have found the holy grail he may not ever age but he still looks like he sells used subarus so <laughs> that room that they were all in just didn't really feel like 
Langley, Virginia CIA. Nah. It felt like just kind of like a... a yeah, LVP is the production team. designer. That's right, whoever you were. <laughs> no, he's, he's all right. Uh, hey, I got a question. Did Lenny do it? Did he... Or did Lenny kill his wife? I believe so. I do too. I think he probably did. Okay, all right, that's it's settled. It's basically whether or not you believe... <laughs> Lenny's character more than Teddy's character. Yeah, and I think upon rewatch, I just I believe Lenny. Teddy... I, I believe uh, Teddy's character. Yeah, more. I don't know what Teddy's character would have to gain by like, telling him that. If you think about what he basically says in the end, it's like he is a horrible person. They're both horrible. He's just having this dude kill, kill people, like like lives for him. Yeah, it's yeah, it's messed up. I don't know if he's terrible, though. Okay. And then he's taking pictures. That's so sad that he takes a picture of him being excited. And he's like, look how excited you are here. Yeah. It's like, oh, dude, you just killed some random I don't know, dude. That's what life. Instagram is. Or I guess. You know, it's all pictures of us after we killed random lowlifes. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Question for each of you. And I know Berg's answer, but you could, like, try here to, like, think about these. All right. Mission Impossible. Born Identity mo- or the Born movies, James Bond or John Wick. I, I threw in John Wick because a lot of people really, really Ooh. like John Wick. But I do, I do like John Wick, and I think that they've gotten cooler Bond. and cooler. Bond, James Bond. Yeah, but who's the who's the best American hero? Ethan Hunt or Jason Bourne? Ethan Hunt or John? Well, I don't think Jason Bourne's actually a hero. a hero. Yeah, he's a protagonist. Yeah, Ethan Hunt is like the hero that America always needs. He's I, I I would love to name my kid Ethan after him. Ethan Hunt is the America that America always needs. Yeah. Ethan Make Hunt America, America Ethan Hunt again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about, so you're Jason Bourne, though. I'm for Bourne, sure Jason yeah. Bourne, but I think there are <laughs> movies from all of those series that like compete on the same level, like Skyfall, oh. for example. Oh, yeah. Casino yes. Royale, probably yeah. under Skyfall. The yes. first John Wick. Yes, there's a smart man in here. The Nick. Mission Impossibles don't really <laughs> strike a chord with me like the other ones because I just never feel like the stakes are there. Like Ethan Hunt's never gonna die, dude. But he does the insane, <laughs> like the Dubai <laughs> Tower, t- the tower climbing scene yeah. in Dubai with in Ghost Recon or Ghost what Protocol is. Like I was pooping my pants in the theater. Yeah, oh, no dude. doubt. I can Sweaty palms. Yeah. I can definitely appreciate that he does all of his stunts, and I feel like that makes the movie so much better. Which is why John Wick is also getting like so much love nowadays because the fighting oh, and all ma- the like, well, stunt it's made by is, stor- a stunt coordinator. Yeah, it's just yeah. so much better yeah. than what. I, what There's actually a movie coming out next out month by the stunt coordinator for the Avengers movies, the late Avengers movies, starring Chris Hemsworth. Uh, it's called Ooh. Extraction. They haven't done a trailer for it, but it'll be out on Netflix. Uh, so that'll be huge. Um, do you guys have any recommendations like based on these movies or things that you think people should watch? It's a Jack Ryan show on Amazon, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> John Krasinski is more yummy. Oh, yummy, but though, huh? John Krasinski can buy me dinner. I got the tip, but he can buy me dinner any day, dude. Yeah, fair enough. I've you don't got tip a much weird anyways. one that's kind of similar to Memento. Um, and this was recommended to me by my roommate, Nick. Mm. Um, but I also appreciate this movie a lot. Uh, Enemy by Denise. Oh, Bellamy. great movie. Also yeah. another movie where like yeah. you don't really know what's going on and you're not sure if the protagonist is telling you 
the truth? Yeah, it says in the beginning, there's like the prescript that it's says like, chaos is order yet defined yeah. or something or uh, yet deciphered. And really at the end of the movie, like Nick, Jimmy and I watched it and we spent 45 minutes afterwards just talking about what happened. And we yeah. think that we piece it together. But the second time I saw it, I was like, I think I know what happens. But it's tough. I've only seen it the one, one time. I got to rewatch that thing. It's it's really good. Yeah, on that's rewatch. like when Denis Villeneuve was really starting to come on. Yeah. Um, and then me and Gabe have seen this one, a really small indie film called Primer. Oh, yeah. Primer. But this honestly, if your movie, the movie you were yeah. on, Minor Premise, if that ever comes <laughs> out, that one is like perfect to pair with this. Yeah. So primer is a really small indie film that's not about memory loss but it's about time, time travel. travel it's insane and you leave like the last scene just having so many questions and yeah. there's like it's one of those like cult movies where there's people that have like spent hours drawing up diagrams and you're still oh, i've not, heard of this you're yeah. still not sure if they know what they're talking about it's insane it's um, like that and dark are like the smartest uh time mm, travel movies but ever. yeah what, what gay was talking about content i got to work on like a small indie film in new york that used primer as like a really strong comp so yeah alec and i my roommate and i uh watched it and it's fantastic and it really makes you think a lot um so one of these days we're gonna get that as a facing off yeah i have one recommendation i don't think a lot of people are gonna watch this but there was this huge movie in china last year it like broke the box office records before it even aired called long day's journey into night and i'm able to watch it right now because i have the criterion channel because i'm a cinephile nerd and i just got that this week um, while we're isolated but i got to tell both of you guys about this the first half of the movie nick are you paying attention i am the first half of the movie is like fragmented and it's like memories and you don't really know what's happening the second half of the movie an hour of the movie is all one continuous shot no what? editing or anything. It's literally one continuous shot in 3D. It's like they use a 3D camera, which is heavy as shit, apparently. And it goes up into the air. It goes back down like it floats around and stuff. It is the most insane shot movie I've ever seen. And Bong Joon-ho was like, he was like, everyone needs to look out for this director in the future. So if you ever get a chance, so by the way, you cool. can't, obviously you can't watch the 3D stuff. And I wish I saw it in theaters so I could have. But... It's brilliant. It's like it blew Sweet. my mind. But you will you will legitimately not understand a single thing that happens and you just have to forgo like any belief in plot. What's but, that uh, called? Long Day's Journey. Long Day's tonight. Journey into Night. It has nothing to do with the play, but um great Chinese movie. Really good if you're looking for something foreign. Sweet. All right. Uh, next week we haven't really figured out yet but we're going to probably do multiple episodes since we're isolated right now uh, yeah. and we want to just give you guys content and it'll be something that is streaming so I actually put out a poll today uh, that you could find I, I will re-release it tomorrow um, when this episode airs on Friday um, just let us know some movies that you like that are streaming that you think would be good for a podcast episode uh, you could find us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash facing off pod, and that's actually where you'll find that poll. We're also on Twitter, twitter.com slash facing off pod. Go and follow us there. We have podcasts following us. We want all of you to. Uh, I know everyone's on uh, Twitter right now with uh, all the news. Uh, and then you can send us an email at facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. I know everyone's very bored right now. Send us a long email telling us all about it. 
do you have a send-off, Nick? I want Jason Bourne in a body bag by sundown. 